So today's daf is daf Yurches in Meseches Chagiga. And we are just wrapping up the sugya concerning how we know if Shavuos has seven days of Tashlumen like Sukkot. And we brought a raya, we ended off yesterday proving that Rabbeishia is correct, that it has seven days. And the way we know that is from Ukrasem V'Kotrachem, that it's called, it's, uh, it's called holy in the season that you harvest. And then we have the decision, so to speak, of Tafastim Rubalai Tafasta to connect it to Pesach and the seven days of its makeup as opposed to Sukkis and its eight days. All right, now we're up to Vereish Lakish Amar, which is on the second line. And we just have a few more lines to the Sugya. And then, interestingly, we're going to get back into the conversation of Chol Hamoid. Okay, a Moed Katan Tikka discussion. But for the time being, let us wrap up this conversation of how we know Tashlumen for Shavuos. Vereish Lakish Amar, the second line. Rish Lakish says, You should bring the Bikurim around Shavuos time. When do you have a Yom Tif? Where you're going to have a Karbon Chagiga and you're harvesting heavy Yamazatzeres. That's referring to Shavuos because that's when you are harvesting the Bikurim, as Rashi explains. Amos. Now, when are you doing this? Elim will be Yom Tif. If you're going to talk about on Shavuos itself, you're going to bring your Karbon Chagiga and harvest. Not possible. Okay, because Ketir Biyamtif Mishari, we don't harvest on a Yamtif, so it can't be talking about Shavuos itself. And the love rather must be Litashlumen. We're dealing with Shavuos time, and the Kedusha of Shavuos is extending into days where it's permitted to harvest. Hence, Teshlumen days, makeup days for the Karban Chagiga. Okay, so that was the Helege Reish Lakish's explanation. Comes along his beloved brother in law, and Omar Rabbechen. Rabbechen says to Reish Lakish, El Hold on, my beloved brother-in-law. When it says Chag HaOsif, that the, it's referring to the Yomtif of Osif, of the gathering in of the grain following the harvest. Ezu Chag When do you have a Yomtif when you're going to gather in the grains from the field? Once it's harvested, cut down, what is that? That's, that's a few, you know, a little bit later when we get to Sukkis, after the harvest. So they would let they would allow things to lay out in the field. They would allow the grain to lay out, and they would you know as they before they would begin the gathering process. And then by Sukkot, that was like high season for gathering. Now Amos, when's it gathered in? Even if you're going to tell me that's gathered in on Sukkot itself, is such a thing permitted on Yamtif? It must be referring to Cholamayid. But one second, Cholamayid Sukkot. What does that mean? Are you allowed to do regular malacha? Gathering in on the middle days of Sukkis. No, we know that, and we're going to get into that soon. Okay? Ella, rather, Chagabab is Manasifa. Rather, all it means is the same way by Sukkis, we're calling it a Yomtif of the Zmanasifa. comes around the time where you're gathering your grains in. Hachanami, Chagabab is Mankatsira. So, to over here by Shuas, it doesn't mean a Yomtif where you're actually harvesting. Rather, it's referring to a Yomtif which is in this season of the harvesting. Hence, Rabbi Yechonin says to his brother-in-law, Reish Lakish, you have no proof from Chag HaKatsir that there's Tashlumen, that there's makeup for the Karbaras. Now, he's not necessarily arguing on the Halacha, but he's arguing on his brother-in-law as far as what the proof to the Halacha is. Okay, period, end of that discussion, and now we're going to get into the Malacha 
of Chol HaMoyed. Here we go. Mechlal Detavai Yisraelu. It seems to imply that everybody's in agreement. Then you're not allowed to do Malacha. The harvesting, the gathering into the grain, all these things are not allowed to do on Chol HaMoyed. Give me a source. And for the Gemara, the Gemara answers the Tana Rabbanon because the rabbis learned, and so should we. On Pesach, you should protect the Yom for seven days. Now, seven days. Is every day holy? Isn't there Chol HaMayed? So if it's calling seven days holy, this is teaching us about Chol HaMayed, that even on Chol HaMayed, you're not allowed to do any work, which is going to be a conversation. That's what our Sugi is going to discuss. Is Are you allowed to work on Chalamayid? If no, does it apply to everything? If yes, does it apply to everything? So here we go. Dibri Baisha. Baisha says, no regular work on a Yomtev. Rabbi Yedison Amar says, a night Tzarech. I don't need a Pasuk to tell me that I'm not allowed to work on Chalamayid. You know why? Because I have a Kalvachaymer. Umar Rishon Ushvi. Listen closely to this. It's fascinating. The first day of Pesach. And the last day of Pesach, day one and day seven. The first day of Pesach has no Kedusha before it, and there's lesser Kedusha right after because it goes into Cholomite. And the seventh day of Pesach, which has lesser Kedusha before it, and no Kedusha the day after it, and on those days, it's forbidden to do work. It has holy days beforehand. And holy days right afterwards, ain't I din? How much more so should we say, that it should be forbidden to do melacha? Now, this is fascinating because, in addition to this logic, which is beautiful, beautiful logic, there's a tremendous message here. And that is that we don't just look at the day itself of Kedusha, but the lead up to the day and what is taken away from the day at the end also has so much impact on the day itself. To a point where day one and day seven of Pesach, the Torah itself calls it Kaidash, but we're coming along with a Kavachimer and saying the, the lead-up day and the day after of, the, uh, you know, of these days that the, the Torah calls holy also are impacted and have an impact on the holy day in a very strong manner. To a point where we're going to look at Cholomayit, which we know... It's called Chaylai Mayed, a light, you know, it's a day of where it's mundane, but it's a day of festival, it's both. It's a day of meeting with the Rabbi Nishleim. And we're going to say, we know it's called Chaylai Mayed, but guess what? There's something so precious, so integral to these days in that, and we'll prove it to you, in that the day before it has tremendous Kedusha, the day after it has Kedusha, that speaks to the day itself. That speaks to Cholomayit itself, the level that it is. And perhaps we could take this to our personal lives as well. Sometimes we're not as holy as some other people, perhaps. Sometimes we feel we're not as holy. We're not as connected. If we have holy people before us, holy people after us, meaning we surround ourselves, we put ourselves in between Kedusha, all of a sudden there's a Kabbalah about us, how Chashuv we are. Because we put ourselves... But, you know, between these uh, these two beautiful and uh, and holy uh, you know holy entities. Okay, says the Gemara. One second. Don't make a kavachaymer about cholamayid. Sheishes may breishes yechichu because we'll look at the sheishes may breishes and prove that you're incorrect. Sheish kedusha lefnei macharayim. There's kedusha before sheishes may breishes and kedusha afterwards. How so? Rashi says every Sunday has a Shabbos before. And every Friday has a Shabbos afterwards. So you're going to tell me that Sunday through Friday has kedusha. You're not allowed to go to work. 
and we just learned yesterday in the parsha sheishas yomim tavid that on six days you're supposed to work. One second, if you're going to tell me I'm not allowed to work on Shabbos, and any day that's before and after kedusha you can't work itself, so then I, I'm not allowed to work Sunday through Friday either because they have a Shabbos before and Shabbos afterwards. But still, we know mutar and basiyas malacha. It's certainly mutar basiyas malacha. It's certainly mutar to perform work. Says the Gemara, no, that's not a question on our Kavu Chaimer because malasheish may brishes, sheish may brishes different she'ain bahem karban musaf because there's no karban musaf Sunday through Friday, and therefore there's like no kedusha at all, so to speak. But bechaylai shamayid, achalamayid itself, where. Taimar b'chaylish mayid. You're going to say that about cholamayid. Sheish by karmosav has karmosav. Cholamayid itself, we know, has already has an element of kedusha. So the lumbus we're saying over here is what's the what's the logic we're kicking in? Cholamayid that we know there's representation of kedusha on those days, combined with kedusha before and afterwards. Shigimia kavuchaymer, as opposed to Sunday through Friday, where there's nothing on Sunday through Friday that's giving us any implication of additional kedusha. There, there's not going to be a prohibition of work. Says the Gavara, okay, granted. However, Rosh Chodesh Echiyach, we should still uproot the Kavachaymer from Rosh Chodesh. Why? Because Rosh Chodesh has a carbon Mosaf. Are you allowed to go to work? Sure. Rosh Chodesh Echiyach. We'll ask question from Rosh Chodesh. Sheyesh by carbon Mosaf. It also has a carbon Mosaf like Cholamah. And you're still allowed to do work. So the same way on Rosh Chaydash you could do work, we should say, you could do work, and there's no question on the, and, and we don't no longer have a Kalvachimer. Says the Gemara, no, there's no question from Rosh Chaydash either. You know why? Ma'ala Rosh Chaydash, Rosh Chaydash is different, She'ain Kari Mikra Chaydash. It's not called a holy calling out. However, on Cholamayid, the Torah says, She'kari Mikra Chaydash. It's included in the Pasuk of Mikra Chaydash. And since it's called Mikra Kaidesh, Dinhu Sha'asr Basiyas Malacha, so logic would dictate they not let it do, uh, not let it do any work. So at this point, what we're coming out is that on Cholamayid, we should say it's Asr Basiyas Malacha, you're not let it do work. Kavachaymer from day one and day seven, that don't have Kedusha before and after. Cholamayid has Kedusha, so you should not be allowed to do work. I. What about what about uh, regular weekday? Nah, there's no kedusha regular weekday. What about Rosh Chodesh? That's kedusha. True, that's kedusha, but it's not mikra kedush like cholamayid. Hence, at this point of the Gemara, cholamayid, which is called holy, no kedusha. I'm sorry, no malacha. You're not allowed to work, and it's the source is this kavachaymer. Okay, that is one approach to the prohibition of work of cholamayid. Here we go. Tani idach. We learned in another brayso. Any work that do lead me to teach us about cholamayid. Just about siyas malacha that you're not allowed to work. Very basically, it's been very basically. Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Kiva says, "Ain't night tzarich." You don't need that pasuk. You know why? Harehu aimer because they already said elam ayadeh Hashem vegaimer. These are the these are the mayadim of Hashem. Mikrei kodesh. They're called holy. What's what day is this pasuk speaking about? What it says? These days are called holy. What is that referring to? In Barisha, I never saw about the first day of Yom Tev, Hare Kvar The first day is already called Shabbos. So I know on Shabbos, now let it do work. So too, the first day, now let it do work. So it's not referring to the first day. Ibishmini, if it's talking about the eighth day of Sukkot, say now let it do work, Hare Kvar Nemar It's also called Shabbos. 
So what, what, what are we calling Kaidesh? Where, where's there a Chiddush of days that are called Kaidesh? You know what it's talking about? Not day one, not day eight of Sukkot. Rather, it's talking about Cholamayit Sukkot. Which is telling me that it's also to do Melacha. So here we have source number two, that you now let it work on Cholamayit. Tani Idach, we learned in the Bible, similarly, for six days, you should eat Matzah. On Pesach, so we eat matzah for seven days. doesn't mean you, there's a biblical obligation to eat matzah. We know there's only a biblical obligation to eat matzah on night number one. So what does it mean, seven days of matzah? It means no chametz. Right? You know, chametz for seven days. And the seventh day is called in atzeres. Okay. So what does it mean, atzeres? You stop work. Atzer. Atzur. Right? You, you stop work. So, mashvi atzur, just like on the seventh day. You're not allowed to work. Av sheishas yamim atzurim. So too, the first six days of Yom Div, you're not allowed to do work. Ah, he says, how do you know that? Imashvi atzur b'chom If you're going to learn out the first six days from the seventh day, well, guess what? The seventh day of Pesach, you're not allowed to do any work. Av sheishas yamim atzurim b'chom Are you going to tell me that the first six days of Pesach, you can't do work either? Even on Cholomayid, you're not allowed to do any work like the seventh day? Is that what taka what it means? Can't, it's no. How do you know that? Because Talmud Leimah, the pasuk tells me, the seventh day, particularly as a teres. We're mentioning the seventh day for a reason. Hashvi or on the seventh day, you completely stop from all work. But the other days are not atzeres, meaning they're holy. There's an element of labor that's going to be prohibited. That's not allowed. However, you don't totally stop. So what do I stop? This is fascinating. Because the first day, no work. Seventh of Pesach, no work. Seventh day of Pesach, no work. And we know that the same way on the seventh day of Pesach, no work. The first six days of Pesach should have no work. But you're allowed to work. But you're not allowed to work. But you're allowed to work. But you're not allowed to work. What in the world's going on? If I'm learning it out from the seventh day, how do I view Cholamayid Pesach? So listen to this. The way to understand no working on the first six days is permitted to be decided by the Chachamim. And the Chachamim are going to say to you, which days of Yom Tif you're not allowed to work at all, and which days you're allowed to do asura. and not only what days are you allowed to do Malacha, but what type of malacha is not allowed. Ve'ezu malacha mu teres. And which type of malacha is permitted? Beautiful. Okay? So what we're walking away with is cholamoid. Forbidden to do work. It's learnt out from Yom Tif itself. But it's not completely like Yom Tif itself. On Yom Tif itself, it's atzeres. You stop. Same as Shabbos. No, 39 forbidden labors. You're not allowed to do it. Besides for the Eichel nefesh, cooking, right? For uh, food you need for Yom Tif. However, says, uh, says the Gemara, what, uh, so what, not, I'm sorry, not however, so what labor is forbidden on Cholom where you're, there's no complete stop? We turn to the Chachamim to teach it to us. Period. Okay. And it's Mutter Behespid U Betainis. By the way, before we get into the next Gemara, yeah, there was a, um, Chazal teach us there was a, a non-Jewish fellow who comes to Hillel. And this is not, he wanted to convert. Uh, this is not the story of teaching the Torah on one foot. This is a different story. He comes to Hillel and he says, 
teach me the Torah, but he was very sincere. He says, I only want to keep the written Torah. I don't want to keep the oral Torah, the Torah Shabal Peh. And Hillel says, deal. He says, this guy tells him, Torah Shabal Peh, it's from the sages. How do I know they didn't make it up? So I don't want to keep it. So he says, okay, I'll still convert you. He saw the guy was sincere and, you know, he just had this hang up. Okay. So the first day this this uh, guy, this non-Jew, sits down with Hillel to learn. And Hillel looks at the Aleph phase. He looks at the Aleph, he says, this is an Aleph. He looks at a Bey, he says, this is a Bey. He looks at a Gimel, there's a Gimel. And he tells the guy, take take the Aleph Bey's Gimel, go home, you have homework, review, make sure you understand all the letters. Tomorrow, come back, we'll learn again. Okay? So this guy goes home, he comes back the next day, and Hillel says, hey, are you ready for session number two? He says, yeah, I'm ready for session number two. Hillel says, great. He points to an Aleph. He says, ready? This is a base. He points to the Gimel, and he says, this is a Aleph. He turns to the base, says, this is a Gimel. So the guy says, I understand something. Yesterday, he told me that's an Aleph. That's a base. That's a Gimel. And now he's talking about Aleph. is the big game. What are you doing? So he says, I'm making a point. And that is, you can't do anything in Yiddishkeit unless you trust the Chacham. How do you know when Aleph is an Aleph? I know obeys obey. I know what sound anything makes. How do you know what the, the, any word in the Torah? It's because of, of Masorah. It's because of tradition. It's not possible to enter Yiddishkeit without full reliance on our legitimate Chachamim and our complete Masorah. Otherwise, the whole thing's a, the whole thing's a Mishka Babel. The whole thing makes no sense. All right. So the Chacham are, are our wings. They allow us to fly. Here we go. Says the Gemara Vaita. We're now at the two dots. Five lines from the bottom of the page. Umutarim behesped bedinus. And um, the uh, day after Shavuos, even though you're allowed to bring the karbonis, the makeup, Chagiga, still you get a spadem and tinus. You know why? So that will, uh, people won't mistake it, make a mistake to say that Shavuos falls out on a Sunday. Okay. Now what's going on over here? Says the Gemara. passed away in Lud, and the Chachamim came to give Hespedim. Um, Reb Tarfin would not allow Hespedim because it was Shavuos. Says the Gemara, well, one second, if it's Shavuos, why would the Chachamim try to eulogize him? What does that mean? Nobody's, nobody in there who's worth anything in Tyra is going to try to give a hespit on Yamtiv itself. That Riptarfin didn't allow them to give a hespit because it was one of the makeup days of Shavuos. So you see from here that even on a makeup day of Shavuos, you're not allowed to give hespitim. So why does our Mishnah say it's mutter be hespit? Says the Gemara, like Kash, there's no question. One's about that falls out on a Sunday. Okay, so then right afterwards it's okay. Seder, you're allowed to give a uh, you're allowed to give a hespit. And however, when it falls out on Shabbos, then you're not allowed to because that's going to give you're not allowed to give a hespit because that's going to give credibility to the mistaken opinion of these by Susim, these people who uh, tried to misinterpret 
the halacha. Beautiful. Okay, period. And the Gemara, we now turn to the top of Yurches Amadez, and we begin a brand new Mishnah. Here we go. Zokt, the Mishnah, and, and, and uh, the, our whole Ahmed Bez, if you, if you want to, um, um, if you want a little bit of a heads up, is going to uh, shift now from Chagiga, we, we discussed Chagiga, we discussed um, Cholamayit, and now we're going to get into Kedusha, things that have holiness, things that have purity, things that are chulin, things that don't have kedusha, as well as things that become impure. Okay, here we go. Says the Gemara, says the Mishnah. Naitlin liyadayim. Naitlin liyadayim. You take your hands, that's what it literally means, you take your hands, lechulin, when you want to handle things that do not have kedusha, ulemaiser, and things that have Kedushas Meiser, Ule Truma, and things that have Kedushas Truma. Any one of these things, you need to wash your hands three times, what we call Negovasser, before handling any of these things. Now look at the fascinating words. Nightlin Liyadayim. You take your hands, and we actually make the bracha with these words when we wash our hands. Asher Kedushanu Yodayim on taking our hands. What does it mean to take our hands? That we take the body, the limbs that HaKadosh Baruch Hu gives us, and we take it and use it in His service. On the tilas that I'm going to take my physical hands and be mekadoshit, kadchenu b'mitzvah We're sanctifying it when we stand and we wash our hands in the morning. We'll see why there's an obligation to wash your hands before touching the, these uh, these three things. Okay. However, before dealing with things that are hectish, matbilin. It's not enough to wash your hands. You need to be tidy. You got to go to the mikveh. What about the ashes of the, the paraduma, okay, that you mix together with water? Once your hands become impure, your whole body becomes impure, and you're going to go to the mikveh. We'll explain the Gemara what's going on with that phrase. Okay. If a person goes to the mikvah for chulin and hukzak lechulin, and um, he intended for his going to the mikvah to handle chulin, also So you're not allowed to um, touch meiser. Tavala meiser. If he if he went to the mikvah for meiser, hukzak lemeiser, it works for meiser, but also lechuma. Okay, so we're going to see. Is this implying that it depends on intent? I want to make a doctor handle my shirt. Oh, well, truma, which has a higher level of kedusha, you're still not allowed to touch. Tova le truma, hoksuk le truma, and usher le kaidish. You have to give truma, works for truma, but kaidish is in a higher level. No, you can't touch. Tova le kaidish, hoksuk le kaidish, usher le chatis, which is even higher level. Says the Mishnah Viter. Okay, says the Mishnah Viter. Tova le chomer, mutalakal. However, let's say you went to the mikvah to be table for hektish, then you're allowed to touch everything. Because hektish was the highest, I'm sorry, for let's say lechatos, the ashes of the paraduma, then it suffices for everything. Right? Because that's the highest level. So memela, truma, maiser, chulin, all these things, it all falls in. Tavo um, v'loi 
However, if a person went to the mikvah, he wasn't, he wasn't grabbing onto any particular kedusha. He just went to the mikvah. Erev Shabbos. Kilu tova. So that does not suffice as a tefillah for these things. That's how we're going to translate it right now. Okay. Big day Amaaretz, the clothing of an Amaaretz, Medrus Lipirushim, is considered Tomei for those who are Parush. The word Parush means a person who separates himself from this world. What does that mean? You separate yourself. The word precious is you separate, you're a person who elevates himself. He doesn't get involved. He's very, 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 very careful about uh, um, Tuma and Tyra. Okay? So a person who's so careful doesn't, you know, get involved with the clothing of my marts. Big day Prussian, Medrus Lechli Truma. However, the, the clothing of these people who are parish, who are ultra careful, are also going to be Tame if somebody needs to eat Truma as far as Tameh Medrus, the Tuma of trampling, which means you even need a higher level of carefulness when it comes to Truma. Big day Eichlei Truma, Medrus Lekaidesh, the Begadim of somebody who eats Truma is considered Tameh for somebody who wants to eat Hekdish. You should not eat Hekdish with these Begadim of somebody who was careful with their Truma because it's a lower level. This is a similar thing. If you are careful for a lower level, that does not help me for the higher level. And so too with Kaidesh, we come to Medrus Lechatas. Okay, so it's, and we'll add in, vice versa, if you, however, you're careful for holy, it's okay for the lesser. Okay. Yaisef ben Yezer was a big, was a Kayan who was a big chassid. He's very careful. Even his matpach, the, it was like a handkerchief that he would use to clean, to, you know, to clean his mouth and his hands. As careful as he was, is still considered tummy for hektish. Yechinam ben Gurgada ben Gordgada, Yechel al Taras Hakadosh Kol Yomov, and still vaisem atpachta medrash lachat. The same thing. You could be so so careful, but if you're careful for a, for an element of kedusha, a higher element of kedusha is not going to suffice, and you have to be metaherit. You're going to have to purify it before dealing with the higher level of kedusha. Okay, says the Gemara. One second. Let's back up. The Mishnah said before handling any chulin food, and Maishr Shani, and that you got to wash your hands. Says Gemara, I understand. I pick up an apple in my house. I got to wash my hands. Chulin and Maishr Shani, is it true that to deal with chulin and Maishr, you got to wash your hands? Raminu will ask you a question. I'll ask you a contradiction. Hatruma babikurim. When it comes to truma and bikurim, what are the alachos? Chayom misa. You're chayom misa for eating truma and bikurim. Okay, now who's chayom misa? Somebody's not allowed to eat it. Misa v'day shemayim. The chaymish, and you're going to have to add a fifth onto the value that you ate. The aser lizarim, it's also aser for zarim. Okay, what do you mean it's aser for zarim? This is referring to, uh, the, you know, the difference in truma and meiser. The hein nixe and by the way, they all belong to shevet kahuna. This is interesting that a kayan who takes it is allowed to use it for any personal purpose that he wants. He's the one who's allowed to have, who has, it's considered like he has financial ownership. And in order, if they get mixed in with something else, they're not nullified in 60, they're only nullified in 101. You need a tiyaz daim for washing your hands. And if you go to the mikveh, you got to wait till sunset before uh, eating of them. And these are Allah's v'truma bikurim, which doesn't apply to maiser, it certainly does not apply to truma. So you see that truma and chulin, I'm sorry, v'koshkein uh, bechulin, not truma, and how much more so bechulin. So you see very clearly from 
you see very clearly from this Mishnah, that chulin and meiser, you do not need to wash your hands. Kasha meiser, meiser, kasha chulin, chulin. So we got a contradiction between our Mishnah and the Mishnah Bikurim from, um, from whether you got to wash your hands before meiser and whether you got to wash your hands before chulin. Says the Gemara. Bishlama meiser, meiser, kasha. We can answer that meiser sheni is not a question. I'll tell you why. It's just a machoikas. Harav meir varabon. Just machoikas in meir and rabon. One holds you need to wash your hands before handling Meister. One holds you don't. It's not a contradiction. It's two different opinions. Now, how do we know there's two different opinions? We learned in a Mishnah. Anything that requires going to the Mikvah Midurabonon, if you went to the Mikvah Midurabonon, it's still going to be Tame as far as Hektish is concerned. You're not holy. You're not holy enough. As far as kedusha sektish, upaisas a truma, and if you touch it, you're going to pass up truma. Umutu lechul and meiser, but you're still allowed to touch truma and meiser. Different bears the pin of Rebbe Meir. B'chum meiser and b'meiser. B'chum say no. When it comes to meiser sheni, um, then it's still going to be usher because they hold you need to wash your hands. Elachul and achul and okay. So we have machlokes from Meir and Chum. Elachul and achul and kasha. But lemaisa our mission seems to be a contradiction. Do you need to wash your hands before touching chulin uh, or not? Answers the Gemara, like Kasha. There's no question. Not that it's Machlaikas. We know what the answer is. It depends what you're doing. Kan be'achila. Our Mishnah, which says you need to wash your hands before chulin, is dealing with eating the chulin before you eat. Kan be'negiyah. Where do you say you don't need to wash your hands for chulin if you're merely touching it? You're not eating it. You're picking it up. If you're picking it up, you don't need to wash your hands. Master of Sin Baraji, Baraji has a challenging question. When eating But as far as touching, there's no machlaikas. Don't tell me the difference is whether you're touching or you're eating it, because we see very clearly that uh Rasim Barashi says, or Rasim Barashi at least is arguing on this, and he says the machlaikas has nothing to do with eating and touching. Well, if the machlaikas has nothing to do with eating and touching. So then we back to our question, we have a contradiction in Chulun. Why does our Mishnah say you need to wash your hands? And the Mishnah Bikurim says, you do not need to wash your hands before Chulun. Says the Gemara, Both our Mishnah here and the Mishnah Bikurim are dealing with somebody who's eating Chulun. But like Kasha, there's still no contradiction over here. You know why? Kan ba'achila denama, one's talking about eating bread, and before eating Chulun bread, you got to wash your hands. The other one's talking about eating chulin fruit. A person who washes his hands um, before before eating fruit. That is arrogance. There are some times where Chazal tell us that don't be overly religious. Don't go too far. Like, oh, look at me. It's a kind of like being religious in a way that's that's inappropriate. It just looks like arrogance. Look at me. I'm ultra careful. I'm so cool. I'm so from that I wash my hands even before eating fruit because I'm so careful about Kedusha and That's so out of the box that that's arrogance and it's not what the Rabbi Shalom wants. That's Rav Nachman. So now we have an answer. What was the contradiction? Do you wash your hands before Chulin or do you not wash your hands before Chulin? With Atil Asyadayim. Says the Gemara, if you're eating bread, you wash your hands. However, if you're eating fruit, then, uh, if you're eating fruit, then you don't wash your hands before. And, and if you do wash your hands, that even, you know, that even schmecks. 
It smells of arrogance. Beautiful. Okay, says the Gemara Viter. Here we go, new Brisa. Ton Rabban and the rabbis learned that's why they're rabbis. Hanoitel Yoda, person washes his hands, Niskavein. He should have kavana. He should have intention that his hands are tor. Yodov Tahiris, his hands are tor. Let's say you washed your hands and you did not intend for your hands to be tor. Whatever. You were just washing your hands. But you didn't do it shame Tara. Yodov Tameis, your hands are still impure. V'chein, and similarly, Hamatvil Yodov, a person whose tovel is hands. Niskavin Yodov Tahiris, if he has kavana, his hands are tor. Niskavin Yodov Tameis. I have a Tanya, but we learned in a Brisa, Why are you telling me that it comes to washing your hands, that it, it's dependent on whether your intention was for Tara or not? The Brisa seems to imply that no matter what, whether you wash your hands or not, your hands are tar enough. You don't need intention. And for the Gemara, Omar of Nachman, like Kasha, there's no question, there's no question on the Brisa. Kan lechulin, kan lemaiser. One Brisa is talking about where you wash your hands, l'shem, Chulin, and one's talking about four miser. What does this mean? I have regular bread. It's chulin. There's no kedusha for it. I wash my hands beforehand. I did not intend at the time that my, I'm washing my hands for tahara. Guess what? That's fine. Because all I'm dealing with is chulin. Beseder, there's no problem. However, let's say the bread I'm eating is miser sheni. And so th- then the brisa says, you need to have kavana. You need to have intention in order for your hands to be tahara enough to not have an issue of touching my sashini, then that's where kavana kicks in. Says the Gemara, we'll do one more step, and we'll hold it here for today. And how do you know that if you wash your hands for chulun, without any intent for purity, that you don't need kavana and it's going to be valid? Let's say you have, you, you have a river, and there's a wave that kind of like jumps up, from the water, but it has the requisite amount of water for a mikvah. And there happens to be a surfing guy there, and it lands on him and his surfboard. Okay? Guess what? Tahirin. He didn't think of anything. He was just looking at a wave. He thought he was going to surf him. And guess what? Splashed all over him. He's tahir, and every his kalim, his vessels are tahir. Katani adam dumi de kalim. So the mission puts a person similar to kalim. Now, can a kali, can a surfboard have intent to become tahir? No. But is it tahir anyway? Yeah. You take your, your uh, washing cup, not your washing cup, you don't need to be, you don't need to be toivel a washing cup, right? But uh, you take your mixing bowl, and you bring it to a mikvah, because you want to be toivel in. Does your mixing bowl have kavana to become pure? No. But is it pure? Yeah. So ma kalim zloy miskavin, just like vessels do not need kavana and they're still pure. Afadam zloy miskavin, so too specifically by chulin, even if a person does not have kavana, he's going to be pure and you don't need any sort of intention. Beautiful, we'll hold it here for today and tomorrow, Bezem, we will keep on this topic about in order to purify yourself with washing hands or going to mikvah, do you need exact kavana or not? And Bez Hashem, I also hope to share a fascinating story that my father Zechariah Rebbe shared with me uh, with, about, uh, from a Baron Cutler about this. Uh, has to do with Hilchas Nida. If a woman, goes, uh, a woman who goes swimming in a pool or swimming in the ocean and her intent is very practical, this Gemara, because let's say her intent was, uh, was not to become Tahar. So is there any sort of a way that we can rely on that to say that she's no longer in need? Very interesting. We'll hold it here for today. Have a wonderful, wonderful day, everybody. Um, 
Let's see what time is Daf this week. I, I wasn't in. I, I was. You know, I'm still out of town. Let's. I'm coming back today. Um, what time is Milchamar this week? I'm assuming five thirty-five or so. So we will pick up. Um, just six forty-five. Let's keep at that time after Marv, and soon we're going to have to switch completely. Once we change the clock, we'll shift everything around. But for this week, let's learn Daf Yemi at six forty-five. Bez Hashem. All right, have a wonderful week. Zai gesund.